It's time to start bragging about Albuquerque. Each week we talk to entrepreneurs, business leaders, community influencers, and other amazing people to brag about this amazing city and how it's made a positive impact on their lives. This is Start Bragging with your host, Alexis Tappan. Well, hello there. I'm Alexis Tappan with Start Bragging, here to talk today about all the wonderful things happening in Albuquerque that we all want to brag about. We'll be here every week talking with amazing guests, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and all sorts of people. So, so glad we're here today. Hello, thanks, Alexis. I'm Emily Howard, uh, co-founder of Start Bragging, and we are here today with Mike Canfield. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, am I an amazing guest or an entrepreneur? What category do I... uh, I want to figure this out. (laughs) Community entrepreneurial leader guest? Uh, but not amazing. <laughs> oh no, you're amazing. Still amazing. Sorry, oh, yeah, I, I, I forgot then. about that. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> so, um, so I am um, happy to be here. Happy to see what you guys are doing. Uh, really glad to be a part of it. I'm currently the CEO at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center. Um, I also serve on several boards here in town. Um, all of them, or most of them, are all centered around making Albuquerque a better place and a community, better community. I'm on the uh, Albuquerque Economic Development uh, Board. I'm on. Uh, economic forum board and uh, I have uh, I'm the immediate past chair of the Chamber of Commerce so um, that's a little about myself born and raised here Um, spent a little time in California in my high school years thinking I'd be really cool and go to the beach Um, (laughs) but I I realized that uh, Albuquerque was the place that I needed to be and I came back uh, came home to finish out my uh, my high school here and then have been here ever since miss the desert huh that, that ocean lot, wasn't lot. for you yeah the ocean wasn't for me yeah. um but uh, overrated overrated yeah. Yeah. yeah we have girls in swimming suits here too <laughs> <laughs> you know? so yeah. tell us how you got involved with the start bragging effort well as i said I, i'm on several boards and one of the things i noticed um is that we would bring guests in that either relocated here visiting here thinking about bringing a business here and they always had glowing things to say about Albuquerque. Um, they talked about the weather. They talked about the people and how nice they were. And um, we had people say, you know, in San Francisco, it took me two hours to get to work. And here I get to work in 15 minutes. And um, and it seemed like over time we'd beat them down and convince them that they were wrong or something because uh, we would always seem to talk bad about ourselves. Um, and, and the thing that's really interesting is we would admit it. We would admit that we are our own worst enemy about this place. And I realized that we would talk it, but we really weren't doing anything about it to try and stop ourselves from belittling Albuquerque when it's really a terrific place. So I, um, you kind of got fed up, huh? I, I got, well, I got a little fed up Uh and I thought we've got to do something. And then I thought, and, but I don't have the talent to do it. So who can I find that does have the talent And I called on three of the most smartest people I knew to get together in the communication and marketing area. Uh, That's uh, you all to get together and talk about what could we do. And you took it from there, and it's been great. I've been loved loved to be a part about it, uh, part of it, and uh, to see what you're all doing. So, so start bragging for those of you that don't know is a movement in Albuquerque started a couple of years ago, really designed to get Albuquerque residents to change their narrative about Albuquerque and be more positive about the city that we all love and live in. And so you can get more information at startbragging.com or you can find us on Twitter at startbragging. So um, 
is there one or two or maybe three things about Albuquerque that have really impacted your life or made made you the person that you are today? Well, I think everything about Albuquerque has made me who I am today. Um, of course, family being here is important, but when you when you grow up in a community like this that's so diverse, um, I it just I think it really helps you be. Uh, a more rounded person, uh, a more open-minded person, at least for me anyway, I found that. Um, I'm I'm a member of the Laguna Pueblo, so my dad's family is from the Pueblo of Laguna, which is right outside of town, and so I'm close to family members there and uh, the Native American culture, which is just amazing. Um, Pueblo culture, the only place you'll find that is in New Mexico, um, and so it's nice to be close to that and, and uh, work in that environment uh, uh, every day at the cultural center. So... Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things uh, I can I can go on and on, and I'm sure we've got several hours to do this, so I'll just do that. Um, so go for it. Um, raising my family here was important as well. Uh, I knew I've, I've traveled enough to know what other communities are like, and this is where we chose to raise our family um, for all the things that uh, Albuquerque and New Mexico represents. I think it's also a very kind of eclectic community where we have a little bit of everything. Um, we have friends in Phoenix. We visited Denver, and you know Albuquerque's not Phoenix and not Denver, and you know, that's a good thing. What a relief! Yeah, um, yeah. you know um, they're kind of cookie cutter in those uh, those fast growing communities that grew too fast, and um, we've kind of taken a pace at our growth, although it, it could be better. But um, I think it's good. I think we uh, we have, like I said, just a little bit of everything here, which is pretty exciting uh, to be a part of. Um, so in my if in my some of my hobbies that I enjoy here one is uh I got into uh dirt bike riding motorcycle riding with a group of friends we're all in our 60s you guys probably didn't know I was in my 60s I'm probably like, I I'm, I'm just shocked shocked yeah yeah. Okay. yeah you thought it was maybe 70 Is that a <laughs> is, is dirt bike motorcycle riding a common thing to are there a lot of a lot of you guys out there together. There are, and yeah. and surprisingly enough, there's a lot of us in our sixties. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, have, you know, going to be too specific. But. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> um, so, uh, and New Mexico and Albuquerque is just awesome because you can do this uh, all four seasons. Mm-hmm. So in the in the winter time, we ride desert. So we're down south and right outside of Albuquerque in the Rio Perico area. Some of the best dirt bike riding in the country. People come from different states. We have friends that come in from Michigan and Wisconsin. I have a real good friend from Wisconsin. He finally decided to move here um, because uh, the snow drifts were so deep back there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so in the summertime, we ride out here. We'll ride down south, um, out in, out towards Berlin and Socorro. And in the wintertime, we go up north into the Hamas Mountains, up in the Taos area. And so um, any time of the year, you've got places to ride out here. You know, we always say it's not dirt, it's enchantment. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Enchantment. Enchantment. Bike riding. And so, are you on? Is it racing or is it uh, just a? No, it's kind of adventure riding. So we ride on the dirt, but we go to different places. Um, And when you're in your sixties, you don't. It's probably not a good thing to race um, (laughs) motorcycles. Um, When when you're in your twenties and you get on a dirt bike, the object the object is to get from point A to point B as fast as humanly possible. And when you're in sixties, you're in your sixties. It's to enjoy the ride and kind of ride your age, right? So we uh, we kind of that's self preservation, I think. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure it'd be a good idea to race a dirt bike in your forties either. Yeah, no, 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 it's a great idea. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. So. 
So um, on the boards that you sit on for the different organizations, how has that changed your impression of Albuquerque or built on what you thought Albuquerque was? Well, first off, the talent uh, that I see in these boards is just amazing. And the commitment from people in this community that serve on these boards is just unbelievable. Um, uh, really, really excited to be a part of that, a part of all those groups, whether it's a nonprofit board or a for-profit board. Uh, it's pretty apparent that everybody's in it to try and make this a better place to live for all of us. So I have no hesitation about being involved in those boards. I mean, it can, you know, it, it can be time consuming, but the time is so well spent uh, in helping uh, Albuquerque become a better place that I have no problem doing that. So, and what do you think Albuquerqueans have the most to look forward to in the next few years? I realize the last few months have been tough, but they've been tough for everybody. But looking forward, you know, they have been tough, and you know being from a native community we know all about resilience and going through tough times and not that not that i've lived through those necessarily but our our pueblo people and our native american people have been so resilient and this is just another example of us learning from resiliency and being resilient that i think will come out of this um learning a lot um so i try to look at it as just a time of learning and how to do things differently and there'll be some things that will go back to the way they were before and there'll be some things that we'll always do differently. Awesome. The You know, Mike, when we come back, I really want to talk a little bit more about the Pueblo people and how they are going to, um, how they've really impacted Albuquerque um, and having, having, as you said, the the only Pueblos in in the U.S. or here in New Mexico and what that means here in Albuquerque. So we'll be back with Mike Canfield to start bragging a little bit more about Albuquerque after this. Between the years of 1967 and 1972, over 300 commercial airplanes were hijacked worldwide. This period would become known as the golden age of hijacking. The new podcast, American Skyjacker, is the tale of a small-time crook named Martin Mac McNally, who dreamed of the ultimate mile-high score. Listen and subscribe to American Skyjacker on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here bragging about Albuquerque. I'm Alexis Tappan here with Emily Howard and our guest today, Mike Canfield of the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center and so many more local business organizations. I think you are the world-class volunteer of Albuquerque with all of the business boards and community boards you're on. So uh, we're really grateful for that. R- wanted to talk a little bit about the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center and the Pueblo people a little earlier. You talked about how special and unique this is to New Mexico and to Albuquerque. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the Pueblo peoples and kind of their impact in Albuquerque and the region? Well, I certainly, I can talk about that all day, too. Um, <laughs> we're excited at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center to represent 19 Pueblo communities. We're owned and operated by 19 Pueblo communities. Over half of our employees are Native, and um, there's no other place like it in the world, um, the Cultural Center, because of that Pueblo culture and how we represent that and communicate that and educate visitors. Um, we have visitors from all over the world come to see us, are very interested in learning about Pueblo people. Um, and our, our Pueblo people have been in this area since time immemorial. So we have a long history of this area in New Mexico. Um, and and bring that culture to the Albuquerque area. So we're a multicultural state. 
Um, there's influence from all different cultures in everything we do. No matter who you are and how long you've been here, you're starting to experience some of that culture. Right. When you get on, you get off the plane, you're going to start experiencing some of that culture just by being inside the the airport. Um, and so, all of our cultures mixed together make us who we are in Albuquerque. Um, but you know, you, we we can take credit for a lot of things in Indian country. Um, <laughs> you know, art, of course, and entertainment, and uh, the food. I mean, the if you go to Dallas, Texas, and order an enchilada, and you come here and order an enchilada, you're going to experience a difference. And sure. a lot of that is the native culture that has blended in with um, the Hispanic food, and so it's just it's just there's nothing like it. Right. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about green chili, and I said. You know, you green chili, you get hooked on it when you're here. It doesn't take long. You know, maybe a couple of days, maybe a week, and before you know it, when you go back to wherever you're from, it's like, well, we don't have green chili like we did back there. So. I need it for my pizza. Uh, that's right. How do you <laughs> I know. Everything? How can you possibly eat pizza without oh, green chili? Uh, or eggs, or kind of anything. Well, yeah. I so, know. So there's a lot of influence from all cultures here, which makes you know, Albuquerque very unique. Uh, there's no other Pueblo Indians in the United States, um, and so that's another unique feature about us here in the in the cultural center. Um, but we're excited to uh, to share that with the world. We're excited to bring people to Albuquerque to experience our Pueblo culture. And you know, we have dances there, and uh, when we're open, of course, uh, we, we have dances and we have great food, and and so uh, we get glowing uh, glowing remarks from people that come and visit us about our about our center it's a i think it's a bright spot in albuquerque it's really a it's really a special place can you talk a little bit about the history of that land and how it came to be kind of within the albuquerque that the center is there and and some of the things you're doing on that sure. land a- actually it started out as an economic development project in the 1800s where a group huh. of business people got together and said you know we need to create jobs which sounds kind of interesting doesn't it sounds yeah. like a conversation we'd had today. Yeah, um, they wanted. This is before the railroad came through, so Albuquerque was a very small community. Right, uh, and they said, you know, let's uh, let's what we what can we do to bring jobs in? And they they decided they wanted federal jobs because they're high paying and they're consistent. And so they uh, got together four thousand dollars and bought uh, some acreage uh, where it is now, and donated which is twelfth and twelfth and, and Indian School area, mm-hmm. uh, twelfth and I forty. Uh, they uh, they got this land, uh, some business people bought the land and donated it to the federal government with the understanding that they would create it, uh, an Indian school. And hmm. that was a time when Indian schools were becoming popular. Uh, it, and uh, so we were able to, they were able to build that school. As the school uh, started to um, close down because our students were going to other, uh, other public schools, they moved up to Santa Fe. That left the land vacant. And the 19 uh, tribal leaders at the time petitioned, petitioned the federal government to donate that land back to the Pueblos to create an economic development area and a cultural center. That was back, it started back in the uh, 60s, and then several transfers later were up to almost 80 acres. It is, uh, it, we, our, our desire was to create um, an arts, uh, a cultural, and business district, and I think that's, we're well on the way to do that. Absolutely. I didn't realize it was 80 acres. It's it's really it's a significant piece of property kind of right smack dab in the middle of Albuquerque. It is. And yeah. it has made a big difference in that part of town, I think, what we're doing. Yeah. So besides the cultural center there, what other entities are on that property? You know, I um, 
I, I was thinking, what, what I was wondering what my legacy would be after I leave the cultural center. And I thought, somebody's going to say, gosh, you were there, you built the cultural center up. But really what I'm going to be known for is bringing a Starbucks to the neighborhood. <laughs> not just any, well, not just any me, Starbucks. Not just any Starbucks. <laughs> You're the guy that brought the Starbucks to my neighborhood. Yeah, that's me. I'm the guy. Um, <laughs> no, um, there's, we, have our, we own that Starbucks, which is, was unique. It's a standalone, uh, tribally owned Starbucks. Um, with it's pretty unique. Uh, it's a community place. It's uh, a little bit bigger than normal, and so forth, and has a lot of uh, cultural aspects to it. Um, we also have Laguna Burger, which doesn't own Laguna. Now Burger. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, that's owned by the Laguna Pueblo. Um, Sixty six acres is there. Myra Gaddis has a wonderful, uh, wonderful restaurant with great, great food. Um, we're opening a Marriott Hotel, um, Town Place Suites, which will be an extended stay. That's opening in uh, July. That's great. Which uh, I'm not sure about our timing on that, but I think it's going to work out all right. We have a Holiday Inn Express, which I'm happy to say is um, um, occupancy rate is jumping back up, so That's people great. are coming to see us. Um, we have uh, the Native American Community Academy, which is a charter school specifically kind of designed around the, the uh, Native American uh, student, which is really unique. Uh, I know I'm missing some of the great museum. We have a, a world-class museum there, outstanding restaurant and gift shop uh, located on the property. Big event center. We have a lot of events uh, that go on there. So it's just uh, there's usually a lot of things happening at the Indian Public Cultural Center. It's really the place to be in Albuquerque, I think. Yeah, and you have um, a lot of things kind of on the horizon, I think, too, just kind of some interesting things in the future. It's an exciting place right now. We do. And I'll let it be known here, this is breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. Ooh, breaking I can't. news. That's who knew. We are actually going to be having a balloon that will be uh, coming around the time the balloon fiesta was uh, supposed to be. But I know they're going to do some different things. But everyone in Albuquerque will see the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center balloon um, in the air around Albuquerque here very soon. We're excited about that. That's that's super exciting. I think um, it, the imagery that's within the cultural center, and I don't know what the design of the balloon is. We'll have to wait until it's premiered. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I, I can only imagine that it'll be a really special and, and unique balloon to add to Albuquerque's it will palette. Be. It will be instantly recognizable. You'll know exactly who it, who it is and what it is when you see it. Um, we're real excited. Oh, those are those are some some good uh, some good foreshadowing. Yeah, there so, you go. Um, you you talked a little bit about the museum that's at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, uh, and um, I when I've been there, I love it, and I think in some ways it has a huge draw from outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. But you'll often talk to people who go, "Oh, I I have to go there," kind of doing a staycation or some tourism within your own community, which we certainly advocate for on Start Bragging. But it really has uh, just an incredible collection of art from all of the nineteen pueblos, and it and it's all it's constantly changing, right? That's correct. We we had a little bit of a challenge because uh, most museums are kind of past tense type things. They did this. They had their houses built out of this. They ate this kind of right. food. And ours is a living culture that's alive and well. And so we had to tell our story, and we wanted to tell our story in our voices from our perspective and not from someone else's. So typically you go to a museum and there's some historian that's going to be telling you about these people. Uh, there may not be a real solid connection other than education there. This person learned and edu educated themselves on that culture. But we wanted this to be in our voices and uh, and from our historical, historical perspective. 
and we accomplished that. So you go through and see uh, the history of Native Pueblo people uh, from starting from the emergence theory and, and creation theories to where we are today. Um, and again, it's world-class. It's comparable to the Smithsonian or any other museum you want to go in the world. It's really, really unique. So if you haven't been to the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center Museum, find some time to go there, and you can go eat at the Pueblo Harvest Cafe, and you can go shop for the, I think, world-renowned coffee mugs, as far That's as right. I, as far as I can tell. Those are like, things are really popular. Yeah, yeah. Or go to some of the to the largest Starbucks in the state, isn't it? I think it is, yes. I think that is it. With the, It even has a meeting room. It's not like any other starbucks so check it out and uh we'll be back soon with mike canfield of the indian public cultural center and we're going to brag a little bit more about about albuquerque thanks everybody between the years of 1967 and 1972 over 300 commercial airplanes were hijacked worldwide this period would become known as the golden age of hijacking The new podcast, American Skyjacker, is the tale of a small-time crook named Martin Mac McNally, who dreamed of the ultimate mile-high score. Listen and subscribe to American Skyjacker on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. This is Emily Howard with Alexis Tappan and Mike Canfield, and we are bragging about Albuquerque. So, Mike, I know you mentioned that you're on the um, Albuquerque Economic Development Board, also part of the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, which is a huge draw for tourists and visitors to Albuquerque. And sometimes bringing new businesses to Albuquerque and bringing visitors to Albuquerque can be tough because maybe somebody is sitting next to somebody on a plane and they say something horrible about Albuquerque and it sort of ruins our reputation. So maybe talk a little bit about what makes Albuquerque a great place for these tourists and these businesses to to come visit. Well, that's a really good point. Um, we and and it might probably the person that's saying something negative about Albuquerque is probably a native, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we started this because we tend to dwell on these things. You mean just like somebody? I'm sorry, not a Native American, yeah. a native New Mexican, here, right? Here whole life. Yep. Yeah. And and thanks for correcting me on that. Mm-hmm. I'd be in trouble if you didn't. <laughs> um, because we tend to focus on those things, and we tend to overlook some of the real positive aspects, or all the positive aspects of Albuquerque, because we don't spend time in Houston or in Dallas, or, you know, we're here. Um, and so we don't have anything to really relate to, I guess. Um, so when you, when you look at weather, and you look at traffic, and you look at attitude for people, we're just so different from some of those places. Um, you know, you, you take Phoenix, and you know, I visited Phoenix, and they've got a lot going on. There's a lot of things happening there, but, um, you know, there's just not the feeling uh, that you get when you're in Albuquerque. No, uh, you mentioned kind of the culture and the yeah, melding here. Yeah. You just don't, yeah, and, I agree. And, and when, uh, you know, when, when people look at us, when they really look at us uh, as an option to come here, um, if they come and visit, they start to understand that and see that, wow, you know, the sun shines all the time out here. Um, look at our our data centers and the Facebooks of the world, and you know they they look at all those things and say, you know, this is a great place to be. We we don't have you know hurricanes, we don't have tornadoes, um, we have plenty of sunshine, um, and so there's just you <laughs> no know, tornadoes, yes, yeah. no humidity, yeah, no humidity. That's right. <laughs> we can still use swamp coolers, I man. Know, I know. Uh, so it's uh, once you investigate a little bit. 
and you and you don't listen to those negative comments and you look for the positives, you'll see that they outweigh all the negatives ten hundredfold. Um, and so I think it's I think um, after this COVID thing too, I think people are going to start thinking about where should I be, where should I live, where do I want to work, uh, and Albuquerque is going to be on a lot more lists than there were before. Um, the access to outdoor recreation is unmatched. Unmatched. Yep. And, you know, you're not around people like you are in New York or in Houston. or, um, And I think that they're going to say it's time to move on and find a better place, a better environment, better community to live in. Yeah, not to, not to reference specifically any of our neighbors up north that rhymes with Schmenver. But, you know, <laughs> when you... When it takes two and a half hours or three hours to get to a mountain, do you really live near a mountain anymore? And what do you think it is here? Ten minutes, fifteen yeah. minutes, depending on where you live. Yeah. yeah, you can. In the winter time, you can you know ski in the ski in the morning and play tennis in the afternoon, yeah. or ride a dirt bike. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, or, or do whatever we want. But absolutely, it really is. Yeah. No, that's right. Um, a yeah. lot to be thankful for, and I think we're going to be discovered a lot more by a lot more people. Um, wanting wanting to change their lives a little bit. Yeah, one of the things that we've been talking about is as people, and it's our, it had already started, but I think is accelerating the idea that people don't have to live where they work, maybe ever, and can work remotely um, and live in a place like Albuquerque. I, I think it's it becomes more possible that not only will more people move here, but also companies will have like a regional office here or bring a business here because people want to live here yeah that's exactly right my son-in-law is one of those who's uh works uh he works in a different district that uh is not necessarily we're not necessarily in the middle of it or what he could choose kind of wherever he wanted to work and of course he chose here because he gets to be close to me <laughs> uh, your son-in-law sure that, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that's not exactly. No, right. I think close enough. But close enough. I know his. Uh, my daughter wanted to be home, and so uh, you know he's he's able to work from his home just you know, just fine. He's got plenty of flights in and out of Albuquerque, and can get to where he needs to go. And he's just as happy as he could be. That's great. Well, and one thing we joke about here is that everybody knows everybody, and you know you're two degrees separated from the next person here in Albuquerque. But I think that could work to our benefit. And if you want to talk about that, maybe in the business world or in the nonprofit community and how that benefits people. You know, it is interesting. Um, Emily, thank you for bringing that up because one of the things that Albuquerque offers is the ability to talk to just about anybody um, in our government, in business. Um, we're just really open. Um, we don't have big screens. And, you know, the, the, you know, to go to be able to go up and walk in the legislator's office and talk to them. Um, and it's not just because... I work at the cultural center or because I'm the chamber of the commerce board, anybody can walk up and say, I want to talk to the Senator and they, Oh yeah, come on in. What do you got? You know? Um, so we're, we're open when it comes to that. Um, and, and knowing one another just makes a huge difference when you know, uh, who they are and what they, who they represent. It's just, it's, it's just easy to get along here. And you'll run into somebody at the coffee shop or maybe it's your kid's teacher's husband that you need to know. And it just, the sense of community here is really important. It is. I love it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I've been often struck about how whoever you are, if you're very prominent or if you don't know anybody at all, somebody will often call you back just because that's the sort of place it is, and it makes right. it, it really special. It also means, though, um, and I think it's one of the reasons you called us to, together to start start bragging 
a few years ago is that you want to make sure that a lot of people can get those relationships and connections so we can grow our base of people here in Albuquerque and especially when new people come in that they can get integrated into the the specialness that is in Albuquerque right away. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys are doing a great job. This is a great Aww, program. Shut up, um, Mike. <laughs> you, you know, you, we all catch ourselves dwelling on negative things. So it's easy this this you know this day and age right now with what we're dealing with to think about those things. And um, and this is a, just a reminder. To say, you know, I got to stop it. I got to stop it. I got to start bragging. I don't need to talk negative. It doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it, it's I, you. I think you just get caught in a trap, not out of any sort of intention but just one day you wake up and you have a bad day and you knock you knock on your city so that's right what are some of the things you other things you brag about and about albuquerque gosh i don't we we might have mentioned them all it seems like we've covered most of them Mm -hmm. but i do brag all the time about the weather um, and community um i i think the surrounding area is just so cool where you can go um, see just about anything in the state and being on a motorcycle going on back back roads and dirt roads around just right around albuquerque i've seen more in the last five years riding dirt bikes than i did growing up here um and it's hmm. it's just gorgeous i mean there's oh, just is. gorgeous views um you know you some people say well you kind of have to like brown right if i mean if you're from virginia or something you say, and it's like, yeah, but it doesn't take a lot, of, you know, difficulty to enjoy the colors here. Yeah. Um, it's just, they're just gorgeous. The landscape is just unbelievable. It's so I can't not- stop talking about that. Do you, uh, when you're out dirt biking, do you see roadrunners and rattlesnakes and all of our little friends? All of the above. Yeah. yeah. We do. <laughs> Keep away from those Deer rattlesnakes. Deer and elk yep. and antelope and all those things. Really? Oh, yeah. Sure. Really? They don't, they don't avoid the dirt bikes. No, they, they Who, don't knew? Who knew? Who knew? Well, sometimes you get to see those in your front yard here. That's right. Okay, I know. Roadrunners. I, I think you know, we are... A little bit of a rabbit problem, but we're not supposed to talk about <laughs> negatives today, but I, I have these rabbits all over my yard, and they're the cutest thing, but... Um, they're, they're a little destructive. Yeah, but yeah. at least they don't destroy the lawn. They just kind of trim it for you. Right. But, uh, lawnmower. But it's kind of a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, a little bit uneven, but that's yeah. okay. They're cute. I like them. I, uh, I am really obsessed with Roadrunners. Which you may you may not know about me. This may b- also be breaking news. Is my roadrunner obsession? I know, and you know they're carnivorous. They are a carnivorous state bird, which I think is is makes our state bird better than anybody else's state bird. You know, and and, and they uh, they like mate for life or something. Don't yeah, they? they're yeah, they, they yeah they're partners. they're pretty they're a pretty special bird, but they are everywhere right now. They are. I think they are they're they ba- control the lizard population. Yes, they do. Bow to your roadrunner overlord for sure. I've got a couple <laughs> of them that hang around uh, my place too. I just think they're the best. Yeah, they are. All right, well when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mike some more about all the things he loves about Albuquerque and uh, we'll be back and start bragging a little bit more. Between the years of 1967 and 1972, over 300 commercial airplanes were hijacked worldwide. This period would become known as the golden age of hijacking. The new podcast, American Skyjacker, is the tale of a small-time crook named Martin Mac McNally, who dreamed of the ultimate mile-high score. Listen and subscribe to American Skyjacker on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Start Bragging. This is Emily Howard with Alexis Tappan and Mike Canfield. And we're going to quiz Mike a little bit on some of his favorite things in Albuquerque. And I think we'll start with hopefully an easy one. What's your favorite red chili? Favorite place to get red chili in Albuquerque? Well, I I know you're probably going to think that I'm biased here. But you I think have, that you're biased. Oh, you do? Okay, let's just get that out of here. <laughs> you think that I am, but I'm actually not. Because uh, the Pueblo Harvest has our red chili now. We have a new chef there. And our red chili is like, oh my gosh, it is the best. And so we have a Tiwa taco over there that um, with red chili is just, uh, it doesn't get any better. You were talking about that taco on the break. I you know. Sounds like and it's I'm, a life-changing taco. And you know, I'm thinking about um, running over there right now. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about red chili right now because I think that green chili is kind of your is a is a gateway chili into red chili. Like people start out eating green chili when mm-hmm. they move here or come here, and that's kind of what you do when you visit. But then red chili is when you're when you're really in. Don't you're you taking think? it to the next level. I think so. I think it's yeah. a next level food. And you know, people get really snobbish about wine, and they talk about you know the Napa this and the this and that. But you know, really, it's all about red chili. It is. And how you prepare red chili, and you know, the the native influence on red chili is not a lot of stuff. Um, there's not a lot of stuff in our red chili. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't dilute it with a lot of flour, and because we're purist when it comes to red chili. Yeah. Um, you know the Hamas enchilada. If you haven't had a Hamas enchilada at feast day up there, you haven't lived in New Mexico. Um, and you know we have similar red chili now. And so, um, if you're a connoisseur on red chili and you haven't been to the Pueblo Harvest, it, it's like being a connoisseur of wine and not going to Napa or something. Yeah. You know? So. And the Pueblo Harvest Cafe, for those of you who haven't been there lately, although I know you're all going to race there now and have their Tewa Taco, is the restaurant at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center. That's correct. Yeah. It is. That's why I'm. you say I'm biased, but I, I say I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so cha- uh, changing it up a little bit, where is your favorite view of Albuquerque? Are you a view of the mountains type of guy or a view of the sunset type of guy? You know, I was happened to be riding a motorcycle the other day, uh, outside of Santa Fe, I think it was on uh, Bishop Trails Road when we were heading up north towards Taos, and I looked out and I could see Cabazon from there, and I could see the Sandias, you know, turning around and looking backwards, and um, I thought, man, this is really, really a cool view. Um, and then I was at a friend's house the other day up in Glenwood Hills, up in the mountain, up in the foothills, and uh oh my gosh i hadn't been up there in a while and i could see mount taylor which is a sacred spot for us and uh for laguna and akama and and uh, some of the other pueblos and so it's like oh the the western view is just gorgeous and then i have another friend in rio rancho that i went out to the west side and i look up at the sandia mountains and it's like oh my god they have great views so Uh, it's like really what you can't pick yeah Yeah. you can't pick it's just gorgeous gorgeous views sunrises or sunsets Mm. Mm-hmm. I uh, again, I like them both, and my my house is east west. So I in the mornings I can go out on the front porch and watch the sun come up. In the evening I watch the sun go down. But I I'm next to a ditch bank where there's huge cottonwood trees, and the sun going down in in those cottonwood trees is probably my favorite. So I really like that. It's nice. Yeah, the whole view of the cottonwoods of the bosque is just yeah. amazing. I have recently discovered riding uh, my bicycle in the bosque. 
And I don't know, I never knew that. I thought that there was a paved trail along, which we used to call the clear ditch, with those big Uh ditches. Those were my swimming holes when I was younger. Um, And someone said, well, you don't know these dirt trails are back here. And I go, okay. So I went, I'm now doing it about three times a week. And it is gorgeous in there. It's just beautiful to ride there. And then people are walking, and everybody says good morning, and it's just it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Clearly, I'm obsessed with wildlife, but have you seen any porcupines? People don't yes, know there are porcupines. porcupines. Oh, I haven't. You yeah, haven't. you have to look up. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're in the trees. trees. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm usually looking at the road. Yeah, trying. I didn't yeah. think I'd like riding a, a, a two-wheel vehicle without a motor on it, but, you know, it's pretty cool. It's nice and easy and a lot of fun down there's there. just world class now we know dirt biking and also mountain biking and road biking all over albuquerque all over. oh yeah and albuquerque is also a great place for bird watching mm-hmm. i don't know if you all knew that but speaking of your road runners people travel from all over the world to come here for yeah. bird watching whether that's in the mountains or in the bosque yeah yeah, yeah i've seen them out there that's what they're doing with those binoculars huh yes, yeah, that's yeah. What when i i yell at them the, <laughs> to your left to your left they're n- and and they're porcupine watching Look well, up the uh, next and, time you're all in the bus. Road runners, road runners. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a whole thing. So we love Albuquerque, but sometimes you want to go out for a out for a day trip. Where do you go if you were going to go around here and go somewhere fun outside you, of Albuquerque? Yeah. So my favorite is the Hamus Mountains. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, we, my family's had a cabin site up there since the '60s. I lived up there for a year in my sixth grade year. Uh, my mom and brother and I lived up in our little trailer up there and uh, had some great memories. So we have a cabin up there now. So Highway 4 is really special to me. It's just a lot of history. Um, so I, I really like that day trip to Amos. And I'm, I mean, it's uh, 63 miles from my my porch to the porch on my cabin, 63 miles. And so in an hour's time, I'm there up in the mountains, deep in the in the woods, um, which is just terrific. So, it's uh, that's my favorite spot. Yeah, that, the Hamus is amazing. Do you fit? Are you a fisher? Do you yeah, fish? I do a little bit of fishing. Yeah. Um, do a little bit of fishing, and um, yeah, so it's great. It's a great place to spend time. Yeah. Is there something uh, that you think people get wrong about Albuquerque that haven't been here? Mostly the weather. Yeah. Mostly they're like, God, how how oh, do you how can you stand the heat? And it's like, really? Didn't, you know, take a look. Um, so that they usually classify us with uh, with uh, Phoenix. So too hot. What yeah. about uh, getting personal now? What are some something maybe people get wrong about you? Hmm. <laughs> I have fooled people into thinking that I'm intelligent. Um, <laughs> But um, the only thing I'm really good at is I do have a remarkable grasp of the obvious. I, I'm pretty good at that. Captain but obvious. I, I, can, <laughs> I can figure it out if it's obvious. But other than that, it's, uh, it's, it can be kind of tough for me sometimes. So. <laughs> I love it. I do have some people fooled, though. My kids were fooled early on, but they've grown up and now, <laughs> now they, they've now actually figured out that I'm know. not as smart as I used now to be or know. that it, they thought I was. Yeah. So speaking of your kids and looking towards the future, uh, do you have any advice for, for your future self, for what you, you know, what you, in the future, for your kids, kind of what you want them to do and how you want them to support Albuquerque and how you want all of us looking forward? Yeah, I, I now have six, uh, six grandkids. Oh, they're all Thank you. They're all um, three and younger, so they're young. Oh, and they're, maybe congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I had, yeah. I had I have I have four daughters, uh-huh. and my goal for them was to to be contributors in society. I wanted them to to make a difference in the world, and I have 
I think uh, two social workers, and I have an occupational therapist, and I have a uh, civil engineer. Wow. And so they've done great. And um, we wanted to raise our kids here. We wanted them to experience Albuquerque in this community, and I think they're all glad that they that we did that. They've all had some experiences outside. They've moved on. I just had one daughter just relo- relocated with her husband to uh, Las Vegas, so mm-hmm. that was in fact, yesterday they left. Oh, wow. And so um, that's a sad thing, but but they know where their home is. Mm-hmm. They know where it is. And so um, so I, I'm hopeful that they'll all make a difference in this state and this town, which I think they are. Um, and I think it's an investment that's worthwhile for all of us to, to work on. And so um, I'm happy about that. And, of course, being close to them and watching them grow, and um, that's just really something special. So I can't think of a better place to raise a family and be part of a family than uh, Albuquerque. Four daughters, you were constantly overruled, I bet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, uh, I learned a lot, though. Yeah. I learned a lot. I have, uh, I have a different attitude, and um, I'm a better person for having four daughters. Well, and they, they, it sounds like they're doing things of service, and certainly you are, too, with y- your work and your, all your volunteer opportunities and all the ways that you brag about Albuquerque. Oh, thank you. So we're so thrilled to have you here today, Mike Canfield of the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, and so much more. Thanks for coming in today. You betcha. Thanks for all you do. We appreciate it. And head, you all should head on down to the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center. They can find you on social media or they at can. Facebook. You name it, we're there. Perfect. And and uh, and on uh, basically at Twelfth and Manol, go on down and uh, right. check it out. That's right. Spend some time with us. Love to have you. And if you all want to know more about Start Bragging, you can check out startbragging.com or find us on Twitter at Start Bragging. Oh, that was great to hear a little bit more about what's going on in the New Public Cultural Center. And so now let's just talk a little bit about why we're bragging about Albuquerque and what's coming up next for the show and for, for Albuquerque. So again, I'm Alexis Tappan, one of the co-founders of Start Bragging, and I'm here with Emily. Tell, tell me about you, Emily. So I'm Emily Howard. I'm uh, VP of Corporate Strategy at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, and part of my job is to bring tourists to Albuquerque. And, um, you know, we can sell the city as much as we want about how amazing it is for people to visit, but if the residents continue to talk negatively about the place that we live and the place that we enjoy, it could ruin all of the tourism business that we have in this great place. So this mission is very personal for me, not only professionally, but I think for my family and for my kids so that they can learn to love Albuquerque as much as I do. And we have our other co-founder joining us, Anne-Marie. Tell them about you and why you brag about Albuquerque. I'm Anne-Marie Henton, and by day, my job is economic developer. So we recruit companies here to create jobs and opportunities for Albuquerque residents. We also help local companies expand. And the reality is by the time a company has decided that Albuquerque is on its short list, they've already decided they can be successful in any of the cities they're looking at. So what really happens next is what I call the meet the friends and family effect, where they get into the personal pieces of of what makes Albuquerque so special. And that magic that you can't put in a marketing brochure, that you can't just put in a picture that somebody sees on a computer monitor across the country, that's what is the defining difference. People want to be people want to be part of something great. They gravitate toward places that are positive and excited and, and seem to have something going on and, and residents play a major role in that with what they post, what they say and, and how they act. Do you think that maybe we want to add more roadrunners to the to the marketing about it? I mean, it really is a big part of Albuquerque, at least to me. But uh, but, but really, you know, the I think Star Bragging was because I, I own my own 
uh, marketing communications firm. So we all really came here because came together for this because Albuquerque matters to us personally and professionally, which seems like the great mix. Right. It's home. I want everybody that I do life with to have great jobs and to feel connected and supported in, in whatever they choose to do. Ab- absolutely. Well, we'll be here every week. You can come find us at startbragging.com and, and on Twitter. Uh, you can find us uh, both personally and at Start Bragging on Twitter where we can brag about Albuquerque and use the hashtag Start Bragging whenever you can. Um, even if you're all on, on Twitter, you should use the hashtag. And I'm going to throw Alexis a bone too. She has an amazing, amazing Instagram account called at everything ABQ. And so if you're looking for new ideas for restaurants, for activities, for the inside info, maybe even something about Roadrunners. <laughs> One of these days I'll find a porcupine to take a picture of. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be here every week and to start bragging about Albuquerque.